How are we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. I have a good one for you today. We're into spring training, and all you're hearing about is these guys, how they spend their off-season, and you're hearing all about Driveline. I'm sure you've heard about Driveline before, especially on the pitching side. They have been innovators for a lot of years now. But now on the hitting side too, Andrew Ite, my man down at Driveline, he's one of the hitting coordinators down there. He runs all the programs from everyone from you know these college guys all the way up to guys like Mookie Betts, Tim Anderson, J.P. Crawford spent his whole offseason down there. Shohei Otani goes in there. Obviously, on the pitching side, you've heard about all these big names. We're going to go inside driveline. Andrew Ite is going to talk us through it. He's going to even talk us through what someone like Nolan Arenado, who's an absolute stud, what does he have to gain going to a place like driveline, spending the offseason there as well. So if you haven't already, if you're new to the show, please subscribe. Uh, please tell your friends. Myself, Grant Balfour, we host a lot of these episodes. I'm about to head off to the World Baseball Classic. Make sure you tune into that. But click subscribe and let's get into another episode with Andrew Ite in Driveline right here on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. On the breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Andrew, we are rolling, dude. We're just going to roll straight into this, my man. So... I've been talking about coming down here since I met you in the summer. We're going to get into how we met and everything else. But Andrew, just oh, we're here at Driveline, and I feel like, you know, I've known what you guys have been up to since the days when Casey Weathers was texting me way back in the day. I think it was like <laughs> ten years ago. What um, him and Kyle Bowie were up to. But walking in this place during the summer, it, it blew my mind, man. It was unreal. I'd never been here, um, and I feel like too, you know. Baseball fans, when they're watching Major League Baseball, you hear about driveline, even in the broadcasts or about this pitcher was a driveline guy or whatever, but, you know, they don't quite understand what goes on here. So, first of all, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do, what your role is here at driveline. And I, I want to get into some, some of the stuff that goes on behind these doors. Yeah, so I'm Andrew Ide. Um, I'm a hitting coordinator here at driveline. So my day-to-day -day looks more like helping manage uh, the department with our director of hitting, Stan, uh, Tanner Stokey. So we'll co-manage like the in-gym stuff. I'll run our online remote training program too. And then I still train a good amount of hitters too, mostly our higher level guys. So you're throwing these titles out there and this is what I'm talking about. I mean, when you think about it and, you know, from where this started, right? Mm -hmm. And especially to how the industry's changed to, I mean, cause it's a massive industry now when you're talking about pitching development, hitting development. And I feel like, you know, you guys are now the standard, I, I, I feel like, because, you know, whether some major league teams are just taking on everything you guys do, which a lot of them do, and some don't, but that's all you hear about. When you're in the industry, you just hear about, you know, what driveline's doing and everything that's behind it. So you, you threw some titles out there. That means you guys, that basically tells the story of how big you guys have, have come. So how did you get to this place, like where you're at now? I mean, you, you started what, in, what year was it, 2016? 17. 2017. Yeah, so I interned in 18, but I actually came out at the end of my college career as a player first. Uh, so it was like 2017, that summer before my last year playing, uh, I started doing some research I'd heard about on the pitching side and stuff, but I hadn't really seen anything on the hitting side. Mm. Um, but I kept hearing more and more about the pitching. One of my teammates was throwing weighted balls and stuff then, which uh, like wasn't as common either, as you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just started like researching more and more. And kind of like before that, I had kind of gotten into like hitting Twitter and started changing my own swing and like read a few different like biomechanic books and like different like early on hitting books. And so I just kind of like through my own started changing my swing, learning that like okay, I shouldn't be trying to hit the ball on the ground all the time. Right. I should probably start trying to like swing a little bit faster, start trying to like hit line drives. So that's why I really started just trying to like hit like line drives over the infield. And I saw like good results um, from that with my batting average going up and stuff. And then like one thing led to another, I just kept researching and I was like, I was already set up to go play summer ball. 
uh, like the Prospect League in the Midwest, which is a pretty good league, and my coach had set me up with that. And I was like, you know, I had an okay year the year before. I think I hit like 270, but it didn't have like for any power and stuff. And I was like, I think I really need to like change my game. So I went to my coach, we like sat down, kind of explained like what driveline was, and he was like on board with it and stuff, which was pretty surprising for back then, because mm -hmm. the hitting program had just started like the year before that. So why, why were you so into it though? If it had just started, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you walk into it, if you're a college player now, even big leaguers, and we're gonna get into you know some of the guys who walk in the doors here, but back then, if it wasn't prevalent then, why were you so on board to say, hey, this is where I wanna go to try and pick it up? Intuitively, it just made sense to me. Okay. Like as I like looked more into like the information they were putting out, uh, and that's like one of the great things about that we do here is like a lot of stuff we find we just put out through blogs and different social media and stuff like that. So like we really try to like spread the information, not really like try to keep anything to ourselves and help push the game forward. And so like which that, is rare, by the way. Yeah, definitely. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because I understand it from like the pro team side. It's like you know you don't want to give a competitive advantage to another team. Yeah. Like if you would have information that could help your players. Um, which is like a lot of why when guys take jobs, they stop posting anything um, and stuff. But from back then, yeah, we didn't have anyone big on the hitting side yet. So there wasn't like a, you know, that guy did it, so I should go do it type of thing. You, you mean like a big leaguer, like someone you yeah, can serve? Exactly. Because I see this too, man. And, and you mentioned hitting Twitter. Now explain what hitting Twitter is. Because I always say, oh, yeah, I'm pitching Twitter. It's kind of like, it's basically hashtag. Yeah, you, know, you go down this rabbit hole of like all these hitting gurus online, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's an interesting place. There's a lot of good information and there's a lot of bad information <laughs> too. Right. So I think for me back then, like it was another thing that early on I started, you know, just like deciphering it, just like, all right, I'm gonna look at everything and then kind of like steer more towards like what I think like makes sense and stuff. Right. And so like on, on Twitter, you know, you have anyone, everyone giving their opinion and stuff so and like a lot of times I hope we get to someday where it's just like actual more constructive conversations no on there back and no forth chance. you're probably right it's probably not gonna happen but instead of just like arguing because everyone seems to feel the need that they need to be right yeah. you know instead of like trying to learn from each other um, but like sifting through that there's still good information that gets put out uh, and I hope going forward that we can hopefully lead that front so but you know I, I you know I was my career, I was a pitcher, right? But that, that was pitching. It was the, to, to boil it down, and you're going back to, you know, even from like, I would say my last years as a pitcher, I remember I got into weighted balls around, you know, 2011. I sucked, man, and I was just out there searching. I had to go outsource and, and learn the science behind what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But the weighted ball thing, it was, and before the hitting became prevalent with driveline and, and all the guys you've worked with, some of the big names that have walked in the doors, here and, and all the good things you guys have done. It was weighted balls are good, no, they're bad, they blow your arm out. You know what I mean? That's yeah, how it was. When, exactly. when, and even back in 2016, that's how it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like a long period, like adjustment period of like, all right, we find this stuff works, like we'll put out the information and then like there's just gonna be pushback on it like yeah. every time, you know? And then it like, even the now? early adopt, I would say even now. Even like, now. On the hitting side, like we're still, there's plenty of organizations that realize like how important like bat speed, swinging the bat fast is, while also like making good contact and other things, and like certain mechanics that help both those things. But like there's still a good chunk of the industry or like of just fans and people that like push back on just like bat speed, like swing the bat faster. Because yeah. a lot of people see them as like mutually exclusive, where it's like, okay, if I try to swing the bat faster, like I'm not gonna make as good of contact, which right. like if you're training it right, like that's not the case. Right, so, so you think with some of the stuff and, and now like the average baseball fan looks at the swing and, and looks at the, you know, the hitting approach as being all or nothing, even with two strikes. Like, mm -hmm. oh, no one makes contact anymore. No one tries to you know, beat the shift, even though the shift is out and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but you're saying some of the things that you guys teach here and some of the philosophies, you're, you're saying you can make better contact with some of the stuff you're teaching with, this, with what you're doing here. Yeah, definitely. So a big thing too is like, especially in off season training, like you don't have to train the same thing like every day because a lot of guys are hitting multiple days a week. So yeah. you could have a bat speed focused day, you could have a, a contact quality or a bat to ball focused day. 
And that's how like we structure a lot of our training. Like the like you saw with, with Travis in the summer, mm -hmm. like he would hit five or six days a week and we'd have different focuses for every day of the week. So like our groups are structured where like there's certain bat speed days, there's certain bat to ball days, and there's right. also like competition days where like they're getting more swings that are just like game-like uh, at bats versus like a really nasty machine yeah, that right. like mixes pitches, they don't know what's coming and stuff. But they'll have different days like that are more like mechanically driven and stuff too, but we still have that other side as well. I'm going back to roughly around 2016, around that time. And I remember even, especially on the pitching side, because like I said, I think the pitching obviously came in uh, way faster than the hitting. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all pitching. That's how it was, right? When, when they kicked off driveline, it was all about how do we make guys throw harder and, yeah. and, and everything else. It was kind of cultish too, if you were like a, a quote yeah. unquote driveline guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It had kind of had that thing, that, that stigma about it where oh, he's a driveline guy, whatever. And some organizations, did I remember, even doing um, weighted balls, I had to keep it secret, man. Like, and this is 2013. I remember I was with the Red Sox and the pitching coordinator was like, he spotted me doing it like, you know, in the corner of the, the bullpen. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, what are you doing? And he, he, he wanted to ban, like he wanted to stop me from doing it. Now I look around and go, man, everyone can just do this out in the open, you know? Uh, obviously different now, but like, even back when you kicked off here, there was that sort of that, Oh, he's a driveline. It was, it was very sort of cultish in a way. You know what I mean? There was a certain Definitely. identity about guys, right? Yeah. It's like it was cultish because a lot of people didn't under – they don't actually understand what we do. Right. So, like, by not understanding it and not taking the time to, like, research or even, like, come in and, yeah. and like, see, like, first person what we do, they're just going off of, like, one small part of maybe mm -hmm. what we do and think that's, like, all that matters uh, and so like it doesn't line up with what they think mm -hmm. so then they're just like against it And then it's like you just get labeled like yeah, like a driveline guy like, right. I, I've even heard it like on the hitting side like in college and stuff It's like, you know, if you strike out like someone would chirp something about driveline, you know But like when you hit a home <laughs> run, they don't say anything you right, know? Yeah. So it's just like result oriented like you go three for four that day yeah. The three hits They don't say anything and then that one out you get if you roll over if you strike out or something they'll you know chirp something about driveline or trying to swing hard. So yeah. you so you came here essentially like as a player but kind of as like an intern, right, when you started? Yeah. And now you've worked your way up to a pretty senior role here to mm -hmm. be one of the dudes. Because I met you, you mentioned during the summer, I met you, I had a couple of my, my, um, my next-gen baseball players come in. Yeah. Jimmy and Adelaide came in first. Mm -hmm. I remember his dad reached out to me and said, hey, I really want Jimmy to go. Um, he's off to Stanford now. Mm -hmm. um, and I really wanted to go to driveline for a week because, you know, these kids, man, like they, I don't want to call him a kid, he's a college player, but these younger players, they hear about this stuff, they get on hitting Twitter or whatever, yeah. and they see some of the stuff you do. For me, like, I was under the assumption before I walked in here, it was you come in, they sort of check you out. I knew you guys had some really good tech that hopefully we get a chance to look at later on. But it was kind of like this, not one size fits all, but... Dude, I was blown away, man. When I came in with J Jimmy and then Travis, mm -hmm. the, when, first of all, you walk in here, the place is impressive when you walk around the joint. But didn't used to be like that, but definitely. Right, uh, yeah. right. Well, it's brand new. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I, I went to the old place too. Yeah. And I don't know how you fit in, hitter, hitters and all that. I had no idea how you did that. But just walking in with Jimmy, he's a kid who, he's a really talented player, right? Like I said, he's going to Stanford. He's a, he's a chance to go in the top five rounds in the draft. Travis as well. Mm -hmm. Walk in, uh, I meet you, and it's this approach where you guys do, it's not one size fits all, right? No. Come in, you do this full evaluation. Explain what is that evaluation? It's basically a week long, right? Yeah, so our, our typical assessment is a week long. Assessment, yeah. Yep. And basically the guy will come in and they'll go through an assessment on, like for hitting specifically, they'll go through a hitting assessment, a strength assessment, and also see our physical therapist as well. Right. Uh, and so they'll spend a couple of days um, just like hitting off of a machine, kind of getting a feel for like how we do things, like why we swing weighted bats, mm -hmm. why we use different tech, mm -hmm. kind of get like an intro to everything. But like we basically have multiple testing days off a of machine so we can get like a big um, sample of like their batted balls, so how hard they're hitting it how high they're hitting it, where they're hitting it. Um, also like where, like how fast they're swinging the bat. And then we also have our motion capture lab, uh, like which we'll, we'll see later. But we have, I think it's 47 markers all over their body. Kind of like you'd see like a, for like EA Sports video game or something right. like that. 
And basically that's showing us and telling everything that their body is doing while like they're swinging. So we can see what positions they're getting into and out of, how fast certain body parts are moving, the order that they're moving in, uh, and like all these different things. Also what the bat is doing like mm -hmm. through space during the swing. So we can see like how good you are at maintaining a good bat path. Like if you're on playing with pitches, like all kinds of stuff. And into that week, we sit down and in, in a room like this, and we'll put everything up on TV and we'll kind of go sit down and go over it. But we'll start with like, all right, what are your goals? Like what type of player do you want to be? Um, and like, like what level do you want to get to? Stuff like that. So we don't teach everyone the same thing. We try to orient it to like the player they want to be in their goals. Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's their career, you right. know? So like, we can suggest like what we think would be best for them, but end of the day, it's like what they want to get out of it. You know? Yeah, that, that was, I think that was the, the separator for me. When I was sitting in this, I think it was in this room and just sitting, getting a chance to look through Jimmy's stuff and then Travis's stuff with you. Just, cause I've had, look, I've, I've played and I've had some, some technology thrown my way or I've seen some stuff yeah. and whatever. But the difference is the way you guys broke it down and you've got Travis's, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and I hope Travis Pizzano, by the way, he owes me, man. He, he lived at my house for two and a half months, okay? <laughs> yeah. I gave him a car, I gave him everything. And by the way, Travis, uh, I will say that if he is listening, he, bring, he gets the car back to me, right? Just free car, here you go, dude. It's, it's on empty. And, and my wife goes, dude, you just didn't even, didn't even put gas in it. I'm like, come on, dude, please fill the, the That's the, the thanks tanker. you get at the end. Oh, yeah. my God. But, um, but that was the difference, man. When you sat in there, you guys did all these tests and stuff. Because I've seen that. I've seen guys like go off and get evaluated and they're like, oh, you know. But nothing to the level of this. Mm -hmm. And that's from a high school kid going into college. And even on the, on the major league side, you guys have some big leaguers coming here that I want to talk about in a second. But if you can, if we can, can, we, if we can take a look and get rid of that beautiful screenshot off, <laughs> off the TV. and take Now, if, you, if you're listening... Uh, to listen to the podcast, you can go to YouTube and you can watch some of this too because uh, it's going to be on YouTube or Spotify. You can, you can flick it up. But I would love to look at, here we go, this is, this mm -hmm. is Travis Bazan. Now, by the way, this all goes through to a database called Track, right? Yep. Exactly. And so they have access to that. They have access to the numbers. And every swing for the hitters and even for the pitches, every time the pitches throw, this is, this is another thing that blows my mind. You can't just go off on a tee and just... Uh, you know, I guess you can, mm -hmm. but everything is tracked, which is unreal. Like, yep. and what things are tracked when 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 they're in the cage hitting? What what are the, some of the things that are tracked? Yeah, so we'll have we have a hit tracks in every one mm -hmm. of our cages. Um, so it's measuring every single ball that they put in play. Yeah, uh, and so it's measuring how hard they're hitting it, how high they're hitting it, and like where they're hitting it on the field. Yeah. Uh, we can also break that down um, by strike zone so we can see based off like what picks they're seeing and like the pitch location, like how well they're doing against certain pitches, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And then we'll have a sensor on the end of their bat for all of like their machine swings as well. So it's telling us like how fast they're swinging, basically if they're swinging like uphill or downhill. Uh, and there's also a lot more like detailed metrics in there too, but those are kind of like the summary. So we can see like how they're moving, how well they're hitting the ball, and then like how they're doing that right. as well. Um, and basically all that will go into to track into their profile and then we can run reports out of that that we can get like more granular on and stuff. And then in here too is like where like their training plan is. So like this was Travis from the summer. Mm -hmm. It's like this kind of like a calendar view and you can see he had a lot going on like every single day. Yeah. Because uh, he was doing uh, he was throwing and hitting with us and then also lifting too. Okay. <laughs> so you know how Travis is. He's oh, trying yeah. to get, get the most out of all of it. Yeah, he was coming home every day and just, just buzzing. He, uh, he, it's right in his wheelhouse. Now, Travis Bazzani has gone to Oregon State. He was an All-American freshman. Um, loved the kid. Um, yeah, I've known the kid since I was 12. And mm -hmm. it, 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 was, it was not that I was here every day with him, but it was special just to watch the progress too. And he mentioned yeah. some of the progress. So with Travis, what was it from when he came in? Because he was an elite player, yeah. right, for his age and his level to when he left, what were some of the things that he gained being here? Yeah, so we can actually look at his, like, one of his initial reports that we really focused on. And again, if you can't, um, if you're not watching this, go to YouTube. Um, but I'll try and talk through it as well as we go. So this is our uh, blast report, mm -hmm. our swing profile report. So this is taking into account every, like, everything the bat is doing for, like, every swing he takes off a machine. 
so basically we'll, we'll test those in like off machine works. We want to get as close to the game as we can. Yeah. We're not going to test off a tee when like the ball's not moving. Like it's not really. I see that all the time. Just, oh, exit velo such and such off a tee. It's like, okay. Or yeah. just off an easy BP. So you, you guys are doing it like game speed essentially. Yeah, exactly. We're getting as close to the game speed as we can. Man. That way we can make the best decisions possible. Right. Um, so like this first one is his average bat speed. Mm -hmm. And so he came at, in at 68.7 miles per hour. So on average, when he's swinging, he's swinging, like the barrel is moving about 69 miles an hour at contact. Okay. Uh, and you can see for like our engine guys, our pro average is a couple miles an hour uh, higher. That's like all of our minor league and MLB guys like put together. Right. Um, but I would say like our MLB guys, when they're in here, they're usually averaging probably like 75 miles an hour. Okay. Um, in game, league average bat speed this year was 72.8. So it's a little bit lower in game, but you can see like, Compared to like most like amateurs we get in here, like one of the biggest differences from them to like our higher level guys is how fast they're swinging the bat, how hard they're hitting the ball. Um, so he came in below like uh, our like affiliate average. He's like right at our college average. Um, and then whenever he left, he was up like, I think it was like seven miles an hour, like five to seven miles an hour. So wow. he was swinging the bat 75 miles per hour uh, when he left just a couple months later. And basically, it took him from like a like a power, like force production, like output, almost like some of the stuff like scouts look at of like you know how well yeah. he project or scale. He went from like basically college average to like almost like an MOB average. How? Like what? And by the way, just just I wanted to jump in here before I ask you how. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of different things why, but one thing, man, that that I got caught up into, unfortunately. Um, when it came to my off-season, you're guessing. You're just hoping that you're yeah. getting the program. I'm, I'm, and you you play, you're a collegiate athlete as well. Yeah. You kind of hope that every time I, I hit off the tee or every time I throw in that bullpen. I mean, I remember towards the end of my career, up until towards the end of my career, I didn't even throw with a radar gun. You know, that was normal. Yeah. And then, you know, I was working with Tom House. I remember just like, we had a radar gun every single time I threw a pitch. I was like, oh my God, this it's just a game changer. Mm -hmm. Here, it's like every throw you take, even if it's at a wall, has a radar gun. Yeah. So like, but that that's the thing I love about like when he was coming those last days, he's like, bro, look at the look at the the upgrades. I'm like, man. So how do you get to how do you guys driveline mm -hmm. get to get that average bat speed that kind of gain from him? Yeah. So basically, we're we're taking a look at at everything that we tested on. So we're seeing like how they're moving mechanically. We're seeing like how the bat's moving like in the results and we're like looking through all that information yeah. and we're like getting a holistic view of them as a hitter and we kind of like choose like what we think would be like the lowest hanging fruit okay. like to help that guy and so like for him we talked about bat speed but basically we did that through um, from weighted bat training mm -hmm. um, to like basically resistance training for his swing that's like more specific it's basically like yeah. weightlifting for your swing okay. um, and we did that through that through cleaning up mechanics and then also through him getting after in the weight room Okay. Those are like the biggest things for training bat speed. Um, a lot of like the, basically the um, stuff we saw in the, the biomech lab. So this is like our biomech report. Um, and like this is where like our job as trainers really come in because like there's just gonna be like page after page of, of information and biomech stuff right. here that we can like dive into. Uh, and so like our job is to look at all of this and then make it as simple as we can, like for the hitter. Make it digestible. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the challenge too, and that's what people like. Like I said, man, I've seen some technology, and someone's like, "Oh, we'll see you this to that," and players like, "Yeah, sweet." Mm -hmm. How do I put that into like an hour and a half session, yep. or how do I put this into a month and a half worth of, you know, where I'm trying to get to, mm -hmm. like the digestible factor? That's the hard thing. Yeah. So, and for you, I mean, again, man, it's you, like you're not walking around with a lab coat. And yeah, you, yeah. you come from a hitting background, right? Yeah. So when you look at this stuff, so I'm looking at this, right? It's you know, another language, right? And I, I understand some of it. In, intuitively, you understand, mm -hmm. you know, the kinematic sequence and some of the basics. Um, and then I, I, I'm fascinated by it, so I try and learn more and more. So, so, talk to, so talk us through this just a little bit. And again, go to YouTube if you can't see it, and I'll try and talk over it the best I can. Yeah, so you brought up kinematic sequence, so that's one of the pages here. Okay. Um, so this is like what we'll call a sequencing, and this is where we can look at the order that his body is like firing in. Um, so we can see like what we want to see happen is basically working from the ground up, mm -hmm. like you're producing force into the ground, 
and then that's like working up your body right. all the way up into the, the bat. So like we want to see like your hips go first, and then like your chest or your torso, and then yep. like your lead arm and your hand transferring it into the bat. Gotcha. So like a lot of guys can produce a good amount of force from like the ground, but then like they will get pushy or handsy, like their hands will go early, and it basically just cuts off all that energy that's right. coming up. Um, so that, that can be one thing that really helps guys. Um, there also could just be like with Travis, we did a good amount of stuff that worked on like how he was rotating. Basically, mm -hmm. Like he would add a lot of like side bend early. Gotcha. And then he'd like work really like uphill. Yeah. And so like we worked on like rotating that like correctly flatter. So he mm -hmm. was on plane and behind pitches for right. like quite a bit longer. Um, and so like this is like one of the things that like we can look at and like like we said, like our job is to pick and choose the right things. So like we'll have endless information that mm -hmm. we can sit down and when we go over that meeting with the athlete. Yeah. But like we're gonna like pick and choose the things that matter. Yeah. Really help them understand those things, and then we'll go hop in the cage right after and go over like drills, right. different bats to use, different maybe like angles of flips and machines and stuff like that. So like what we try to do is like explain to them the reason why they need to like make these changes most likely and how it's gonna help them, whether it's improving bat speed was improving right. their bat to ball skills was improving their, their swing decisions so everything needs to come back to something that's going to improve on field performance uh and then like once we're in the cage like it's just their job to hit like we're going to put them into the the drills and the stuff that like help them do that mm -hmm. and like help them make those changes so they don't have to be sitting there thinking about okay my back hip needs to do this gotcha. my elbow needs to do this you know. We, okay, so Travis is at that high level college, mm -hmm. right? So there's a little bit higher margin for work. You know, when, like, when you're talking about elite athletes like Nolan Arenado or Taylor Trammell, right? Yeah. Guys like that, when they come in and you're working with them, right? And you're looking at some of the, like the motion capture and, and the motion analysis and stuff like that. I mean, what if a guy comes in and he's like, hey man, help me. But you're looking at this going, well, everything looks really good yeah so what what do you do then because i mean i feel like that sometimes like when i'm working with like a higher level dude i'm like man like you look really good you know mm -hmm. like what what, what, what how, is has that ever happened where you've had that high level guy and you're like man i think you, the, have, you have to go beyond that somehow maybe it's like you know pitch selection or whatever it may be yeah so i think the closest example we've probably ever had to that is nolan Arenado. <laughs> it's like one of those things. So like we if we look at like his big three. Mm -hmm. So basically we're looking at this was from 2021. And so we can see like how hard he's like whenever he's making flush contact barreling up, he was hitting at 104.9 miles an hour. Yeah. But like his bat speed was 70.3. So like on a, a 20 to 80 scale, like scouting scale, 50 being league average, um, he was at a 35 grade when he came in. But he was elite. He's a 63 grade in like contact quality. Okay. So he's like a really good guy that like, he had below league average bat speed, but he like moves really well. He strikes the ball really well. So he gets the most out of his bat speed. Like he hits the ball like really well at different parts of the field. He pulls the ball in the air really well. So like for him, it was like, you move well mechanically, you make really good contact. Like the lowest hanging fruit here is to like not really change too much mechanically, but to just add bat speed on top okay. of that. So you can always, not always, but you can, even with guys like Nolan Arenado, mm -hmm. who come in here, who's having a great career, and yeah. it's not hanging out in the off season, oh yeah, I've got this figured out, which I love by the way, when you see these elite dudes yeah. come in, they're like, hey, I, I wanna figure this out. What is it, like, I wanna, I wanna get better. And you're like, whoa, man, look at the numbers you're putting up. You can, all, there's always something to find, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's why we have a mocap lab. That's why we measure all this stuff is because like, Especially when guys like that come in, it's like most of the stuff passes the test with your eyes, you know? And like when there's millions of dollars on the line, you don't want to just guess with your eyes of like, yeah. okay, we should, like, based off looks, like this is probably a good change to make, but yeah. like we're not chasing something to make it look better, you know? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're making changes so that it improves performance on the field. So like it needs to have like a measurable like impact that's been proven to like improve on field performance, you know? How do you, and I want to talk about Taylor Trammell. I had a chance to, to you know, do, do, and he talked so highly about you guys and, and all the adjustments he made and stuff like that. But when you have a guy who comes in at that level, like Nolan Arenado, like that elite level, mm -hmm. is there this, like, time period where you have to gain their trust? Definitely. Like, because it, 
I mean, these guys have been swinging about since I was two. Yeah. And they've been, not, not, they haven't always been the, the dude since I was a kid. Some of them, you know, obviously, obviously like, you know, work hard, but whatever. But they've been at that high level, right? And there's not that ego involved, but it's like, they already have the answers. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're coming here to get better, but a lot of times, man, like, you're, you know, telling them, oh, well, you know, some of these numbers or whatever it may be, there has to be that window there where you have to sort of gain their trust when you're doing some different drill, right? Definitely. There's like, there's plenty of guys too that like maybe they're going to be in here for probably, you know, a month or two or something. Like I might spend the first couple of weeks doing some stuff that maybe I don't really want to do that like I don't think is maybe like the most beneficial, but like we're going to go through that stuff to start gaining trust, yeah. start building a relationship and stuff and then like as we like build more trust in it and build a relationship we can start like phasing into the more of the stuff that like we firmly believe that like will have the biggest impact but like like yeah a lot of these guys like they'll come in and, you know they've been in the league for 10 years or something it's just like you know if it's there's still the aspect of like why change you know mm -hmm. if it's if it's not broke don't fix it yeah. right and so like we can make s small marginal adjustments to like like things that we can improve, but like most likely we're not gonna make any massive changes unless they like, they're struggling or if they're just that open-minded to like, you know, hey, here's the keys, like let's do this. Yeah. Thing, you know. So, okay, I wanna get back to some of the stuff you don't wanna do in the first couple of weeks. Cause there's a, a certain approach you kind of have to take when you're dealing with these guys. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever had any like, guy, you have to name names obviously, but like a high level MLB player that like, someone's told them to come here and they're like, eh, I'm not into it. And you've had to, whether it's taken longer or they've just, they've just never warmed up to it. I wouldn't say there's, they've never warmed up to it, but there's definitely been guys that at least like during like, especially like the first like few days that yeah. maybe like aren't that into it or like, like, all right, I'll like see what happens kind of thing. But I think one of the biggest things is the athlete meeting like that you've been in a couple yeah. times. It's like, we sit down, we talk through everything. Like, here's why, here's this, what you could do for you. This is like why we think this is the most beneficial. And like, we're doing this like to help you, you know? It's yeah. like, at the end of the day, what matters is just like, you're comfortable with this and it's gonna help you like perform better next year. Like it's mutually beneficial for both of us that like we do the right things to help you get better. And like, there's always like, there's gonna be times where it's like, I think this is best and then he's like, you know, I don't, I don't maybe don't agree with that. And like, that's fine. Like, we're just not going to do that thing because it's, it's your career, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I just, that's, that's the challenge I feel like, like when I'm thinking about that, because again, they walk in this building, it's so impressive, mm -hmm. but they've never met you before, exactly. right? They may know, no, not know you from a bar. So I didn't know who you were before I walked in here. Yeah. And the difference for me, I'll be honest, and not sitting here going, oh, this is a bunch of BS, but you just hear different things from different coaches, especially organizations who are like, no, no, we teach, teach this way. Yeah. So from, and this, this goes from a, a leadership, if you listen to this, you want to learn about leadership or how to deal with. So you talk about those first couple of weeks. What's your, like, what's your approach? Sometimes if I'm dealing with a kid, when I'm, if I'm coaching a kid, I kind of have to be really assertive and, and kind of, like take charge of what we're doing mm -hmm. and, and kind of have that presence like this is the right way to do it. But you mentioned the first couple days or weeks, you do stuff that you don't want to do. Are you talking about just like, just the easy, like generic stuff? But if you do that, then all of a sudden they're gonna be like, yeah, I could have done this at home. Yeah, I would say more like small drills, routine stuff, mm -hmm. like still have them do that. Maybe like as they're doing it, it's like, you know, we're talking about okay, like why why you do this, mm -hmm. like why you do that, like we're trying to get, like also like we're learning from them as we go too, like we're yeah. learning like how they think, why they do certain things, like there's plenty of guys too that maybe like on the surface like you watch them do a drill or something and you're like, that's not beneficial for you, but then like once you get like more context around it, like you can start to see like okay that that could be beneficial for maybe like these small things, like we yeah. can still keep that in, like let's just tweak it a little bit differently, like let's just you know, add this bat to it or have you do it a little bit different way to like drive this change and stuff. So like, there's always that like blend of like taking what the guy wants to do and like what you think to do and kind of putting them together. Um, but yeah, like you said, like the rela relationships are huge. Like, 
Yeah. If you can't build the relationship with the guy, like they're not going to trust you. It's going to take you way longer to yeah. like try to make a change or something, or maybe they're just never going to come around. But, but so. there's those techniques. I'm getting, I'm getting sort of off on a tangent here. But there's those techniques. Sometimes I see like you'd pull up like some big league dude who yeah. had a really good career, but they've started to fall off a little bit. And you're like, yeah, see what you're doing here. Yeah, this is crap. This is wrong. Whatever. And they're like, hold on, that's a real hit to the, hit to the, yeah. the the ego, you know. But some people do that, and and the and whoever the the, the guy sitting across from is like, excuse me, but then they're like, oh, now I'm going to listen to him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's there's, that- there's plenty of guys that like, I feel like have just been like, always told they're doing great, yeah. like always kind of been like spoon fed or whatever, because no one wants to like, take the chance of like pissing them off or like. <laughs> like doing yeah. something that can make them worse and stuff. So I think it's, a lot of guys, it's like almost like a, a fresh, uh, like fresh air for them, breath of fresh air. It's like, okay, this guy's just being like straight with me. Yeah. You know, it's like actually honest about like what they're seeing. Like, that's the other thing, a lot of it's objective. Like we're measuring these things, like these are the numbers for yeah. them. Like if it's collected right, like they're not lying, you know? And they're not coming off five guys in the cage. They're coming off like thousands of data points that you guys have. Yeah, exactly. Where do, you, where do you get all them from besides guys testing here? Mm-hmm. Where else do you get all these data points from? Like all these league averages and everything else? Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of MLB data is public. Um, yeah, but exit velo is public. I mean, you guys have got yeah. stuff, and we haven't even scratched the surface with some of this. Because when I sat in here and looked through some of this stuff, I was like, how do they get all these numbers? Yeah. So we have a, a great analytics and R&D team right. that make our lives a lot easier yeah. as coaches. And so they can take a lot of that public data and, like, from that data, like, turn it into, like, more information mm-hmm. and, like, kind of like reverse engineer, like, stuff based off, like, algorithms and different things that are, like, above above my head. Do you, ever, do you ever watch a hitter in the big leagues if you're watching a game and go, man, I'd love to work with him? Or yeah. you see a fl- You do? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go through three, three really good hitters, okay? And I sent you a video. Mm-hmm. I just picked a couple. Now, one of them you picked because he kind of like is that animated version, that guy right there, Josh Donaldson. But I want to kick the video off at the beginning. The guy who hit, led the league in everything this year, Aaron Judge, all right? So look at this guy. Now, first of all, he's six foot seven. Okay. Yeah. He's huge. So he does things. So just pause it for a sec before we get to the side shot, before we get here. Yeah, he's massive. So this is different. If I'm a six foot kid hitting Mm -hmm. high school and I'm like, I want to hit like Aaron Judge and you study him. Because I used to do that. Andy Pettit was my guy, man. Like I'd watch his mechanics and I'd watch it over and over on VHS and try and just copy what he was doing. A lot of kids do that, which is great, I think. You know, like success leaves clues. So what does he do well, Aaron Judge? And what's something that he can get away with because he's so big when you're watching his swing? Yeah, what he does well is he swings the bat extremely fast. So him and Stanton, I believe, have had the two highest bat speeds the last two years in the like the whole MLB. Mm-hmm. Like two years in a row, they've swung it way faster than everyone else at the top of the game, which is why they like hit the ball so hard as well. So they're hitting the ball extremely hard, so they don't have to be as perfect of like where they're hitting it to have a good outcome. Okay. Um, and so like one thing that like he can get away with is like a little bit more of like a uphill bat path as well. So like okay. his kind of is matching like, okay, I swing the bat extremely fast. I hit the ball really hard. More of my balls need to be in the air. Yep. So like he can like swing more up. Like if you're being nitpicky and have to change a little bit something, I'd probably like help him get into like his front side a little bit more, like flatten out his path a little bit more just so like he's on playing with more pitches more often. But he can get away with it because he swings the bat upper 70s. Gotcha. So, yeah. So if you play this, and you're talking about being on that front side, right? Again, go to YouTube if you want to watch it, or I'll talk through it. So he's on that backside a ton. Yeah. Where does that Where does that come from? And this is something he gets away with stuff because he's that big. Is that why? Yeah. So basically, like when we look at our mocap lab, we can measure like how fast like every body part is moving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so we'll take it a step further with something we call like rotational kinetic energy. Basically just like measuring like how much force is like produced mm-hmm. of like each segment. So we can see like based off like his hips moving at X speed, you factor in like how big he is also. Yep. Like he's producing like way more force those segments. Like him, his body moving at a certain speed is not the same thing as like Altuve's body moving yeah. at the same speed. Just because, like, it's going to generate like way more like force uh, from it that he can transfer like into the barrel. Gotcha. And so. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Josh Donaldson. Now, you, you kind of use him 
Donaldson as now this is him with the Blue Jays. Now obviously mm. he's moved on to the Yankees, but I think this was when he was at his. He would always talk hitting. It was that kind of that new thing, like that big leg kick and getting yeah. way more animated with the swing. Because before, and I grew up, short, you know, short little step, swing down to the ball, make contact. Yeah. And he kind of rewrote the whole book. Yeah. Right? So walk through this. I just want to play this video. Boom. So you said you guys, this is the best version of showing when you watch this side angle of everything, the positions you guys try and get into. For, for some guys, depending on like right. what we're working on or like what we're targeting, he's a great example of certain things. Like, because his moves are so big, mm -hmm. they can like, if a guy's trying to like see something or feel something, like it might be a lot smaller in their swing, yeah. but like they can see like an exaggerated example. Exaggerated the word, gotcha. Yep. Exactly. Well, one thing Mitch Hanniger talked to me about a couple of years back, he went from, you know, so that, that swing down on the ball to all of a sudden you got his hands moving, I think he called like the hitch or something with his back. I can't like remember. Like a he... barrel tip. Yeah, like like yeah. a tip, yeah barrel tip. And he said what it, what it did was it got it, the angle the um, the path was he was able to make contact back here where he mm -hmm. thought it was going to be the opposite. I'm like if I'm moving my hands and getting that barrel moving before he started doing it, he's like I'm not going to make the same amount of contact. All of a sudden he goes, man, I started making way more contact. He's in AAA, yeah. watching his buddies at Reno hit bombs, and all of a sudden he, he made some adjustments mm -hmm. and the ball started. Started going a little bit. Yeah, so Donaldson's a pretty good example of that too, because you can see he has like a pretty big tip yeah. as well. Yeah. But like, if you get like front or like, uh, yeah, we have front view. Like, the guys will like tip out here, and like that's fine. Like, but what matters is that it still gets back, gotcha. basically. So it's all about like the timing of it. It can yeah. be like as big as you want as long as you can control it and get it back. Right. So like basically like for Mitch probably he was tipping, but it was still getting back, so mm. he could turn the barrel like behind. Okay. And get it? Like if he would go from here and then just like launch from there, that's gonna cause like bat path issues. Okay. And like he's basically getting rid of that like depth. But like if he gets it back and then he can like turn behind the ball, mm -hmm. like that's like what we like really want to do. Um, and so like you'll see Donaldson. Donaldson will tip. This isn't the best view for it. Like you can see that bat was pretty vertical there mm -hmm. and like tipped up. But then like by the time his hands start working forward, like that barrel has like dropped back behind him. Gotcha. Yeah. And then it works forward. And he's like a good example too. It's like, you know, he has a big leg kick um, with it, but like he times it well. It's yeah. like his, he leg kicks, but like his hips are still like getting open right. like before the rest of his body. Gotcha. So like his hips are open, everything's still back. So he can still cover outside pitch. But he just like created some room on the inside mm -hmm. to be able to like rotate to it. I guess so. he, I mean that separation too, right? It creates yep. more. So okay, now I go to the last guy. I've got a lot of Mariner fans listening to this. All right, Julio Rodriguez. I mean, yeah, look, he's an absolute stud. We're gonna do have a side view here. What what is what is when you're watching Julio swing the bat? He's super athletic, obviously. Mm -hmm. What does he do well? Uh, he swings the bat really fast, to be honest. Um, I think is he, that just naturally he does that, or what does he do physically to make make him swing the bat that fast? Yeah, he, he rotates really well. So like here you can see like his hips are open. Yeah. Okay. So like he's generated a bunch of force from the ground. His hips are open. So now like but his upper half is still back. So that's kind of like that sequencing yeah. that we talked about. His body's firing in the right order from like the ground up. So he's creating a bunch of speed from So it. you can get those hips open as long as from that 44 up when he's that's still back here. Yeah, so like a lot of coaches will talk about like flying open mm -hmm. and stuff. And a lot of times what they're talking about there is when like that upper half is going like with the lower half. Gotcha. So like basically everything is like a one piece yep. coming together and then like mm -hmm. they're already like ripping off plane of the pitch. Yeah. So like the pitch might be coming here and they're coming like across it. So like ideally like you're generating force to the ground, your hips are open, but like this is still back and hasn't fired yeah. yet. And like we were able to measure that and stuff too. Uh, can, can you show how you measure it? Like can you show the, cause I wanna go, I wanna go show people watching that motion capture lab, how cool it is. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you see like the, some of the, like the videos you have. Yeah, so we'll look at like, uh, like separation at different points. So the blue like solid line is like the player, that's their like their torso. Mm -hmm. The red is like their hips. 
And then like the shaded region is like our like higher bat speed guys and like our, our pro averages. Gotcha. So we can see like straight overhead, like where their like hips and, and torso are at different points of the swing and like where like the better players are too. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's like we'll have like data like different points in the swing. Um, so like at different times, match separation, mm -hmm. we'll have like at contact, like early in the swing at different times. So we can look at like maybe he starts in a good position, he loses it later, or like maybe yeah. he never gets into a good position, and that's why it's not happening later, uh, and stuff like that. Um, and we can also see like how it it impacts. Like we when we anytime we look at bat speed, like we talked about earlier, we're also looking at like how long or short their swing is. So like basically, you want to try to create as much speed as you can, but in the shortest amount of time possible. Gotcha. So like a guys, like a good example is like how you think about like golf. Like guys will like try to add club head speed and they can just make their swing longer and longer because the ball's like not moving. Right, right. It's just like they're waiting for you the whole time. Yeah. Whereas like when a guy's throwing 100, you can't just make your swing longer right. to create that speed. Yeah. So you got, and you've talked about this before, the big three of hitting, what, what does that mean for you guys? Yeah, so our, our big three are, are bat speed, mm -hmm. bat to ball skills, and then swing decisions. Okay, so they're the yeah. big three. That you're like, okay, get these three and you're gonna play in the all-star game. That's right. <laughs> no, but basically, <laughs> they're the three you really try and hit on. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So we'll have those big three like overarching things, mm -hmm. and then like everything that we measure basically is like how we can individualize it to the guy to improve one of those like three things or two of those three things. So. And, and you met you, you mentioned the word contact. See, this is something that like you know with the new swing now when you're watching big league games, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, everyone strikes out. You guys still have that's still a priority, right? Definitely. To make good contact, Definitely. and you guys have some some equipment in there, some tech that like. You know, you can make the ball do anything at game speed. And th yeah. this is what I want to ask you, actually, uh, before, because I do want to walk in that motion capture lab and check it out. All right, I've always thought this, and this goes back to when I was playing the 4.30 batting practice. Okay, guys, you know, hit off the tee a little bit. Yeah. They're still doing essentially the same thing. It's a little bit different now, obviously. They have different technology and stuff like that. I always thought, how could you change the pregame routine where you make a little bit more game speed? Like, what are guys doing now? What would, if you were the GM of a baseball team, mm -hmm. you took over and said, I'm gonna change the whole pregame routine, what would you do? Yeah, I would have basically individualized routines for the guys mm -hmm. that like keep them in a good place mechanically for drill work before. And, but then they'd also like progress that to a game speed before they get into the games. Like they'd, they'd face like a higher velo machine or they'd face like a curveball machine or even like something that mixes pitches. We have, we have multiple eye pitches from spin ball in our cages and you can literally like program in like a pitcher's like arsenal oh, or like what pitches that like they throw. So you could actually get like, you get 10 at bats off that pitcher that like don't count for anything before the game starts. You've already faced them 10 times whenever like the lights turn on and it's like actually time to hit. I remember watching Jimmy Nadine here and you guys had the machine and he was kind of getting carved a little bit mm -hmm. and then he kind of got caught up and I remember talking to him on the drive home, I was like, dude, like, you're gonna get to college, it's just gonna look like meatballs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because this thing, it was nasty. So, yeah, I, and I guess they do that stuff now, like when it comes to, you know, how they, um, how they prep for games, a little bit different. I heard like Semyon just cranks that machine up to 100 and just mm -hmm. tries to track it and, and swing, you know. So I just always look at that. I, I watch BP on, on, some guys don't even take BP. Yeah. Like, like I'm not doing that because yeah. they got this stuff they're doing underneath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What guy, do you know, I heard Trout doesn't take BP ever. Like I, I've tried to watch him, I've never seen him out there taking BP. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, if it's every day. I'm trying to like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to watch this dude hit BP, but he's like, I'm, under, I'm under, underneath. Real quick, before, I want to go check out this motion capture because it's really impressive. You have a video, even if we've got Travis up here, mm -hmm. do you have a video of him uh, hitting in the motion capture lab? Yeah, we actually have his, uh, his before and after. Um, so basically, video. This was his, this first week? Yeah, this was his first week in here. Okay. So you can see like the different markers on his body and then also have the markers, um, like different stickers on the bat to measure his And well. this is essentially creating a skeleton, right? All yeah. the, those little, yeah, we, we get, what are they called, the, nodes? What are they called, no, what are they called, the little Yeah, we'll have stickers? like the 3D uh, skeleton from the markers. Okay. Um, but then we're also measuring just like everything the body's doing during that time. Unreal. And so his, his swing is actually, when he got here, was actually, 
kind of like what we talked about with Judge, where it's like he doesn't really get into his front side very well. He kind of like hangs back, and everything works more like when you're yeah. like uphill. Um, and so like he had a pretty high attack angle, so he's swinging like up. So that was one of the things that we did with him that we didn't touch on earlier is we flattened out his bat path. That he way, changed like, his posture too, right? Yeah. I remember he was, was a big one, yeah. Yeah, he would like bend over too much and then just like tilt back from there. Yep. Um, we actually have a side-by-side of it here. Oh, wow. So like through here, we can see like the bat is just like in the zone for like much longer. So he's gonna be behind pitches and like on playing with pitches for a lot longer. So he doesn't have to be like perfectly like on time. Yeah, yeah he also hit this ball 105, which was a PR. So he started yelling gotcha, and getting yeah. after it. Um, <laughs> I heard about it when I got home, trust me. Yeah. My, my seven-year-old daughter and my four-year-old son also heard about that. They're like, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. can we play with Legos, yeah. We actually made pretty similar changes um, with Taylor as well. I think I have a video before and after of him. What was the big thing with Taylor? And you, you're going you're to show it here. Might be kind of hard to see here. But he was like pretty, his bat path was pretty steep into the zone and then pretty steep back out of the zone. So like okay. basically he had to be like perfectly on time for a good result. Yep. And like with everyone throwing 100 and nasty secondary pitches and you don't know what's coming, like you're just making the game really hard on yourself. Gotcha. Um, so like now he's not only swinging the bat faster, but he's behind the ball uh, much longer and he can make more solid contact uh, much more often. Um, and we can kind of look at his like year oh, yeah, over year wow. changes. Um, so what's he working on this off season? Cause so I mean, he, he's got a really good chance to play a ton of left field yeah. you know, with the Mariners. So this is a big off season for him. Yeah. And it's it on is. you, Andrew. <laughs> Put that all on me. <laughs> so this is the changes we made uh, from year to year last year. And so our biggest, wow. our biggest focus was his bat-to-ball skills. So basically bat path, cleaning up the bat path, and like helping him make more contact. And so we're looking at like basically how often he makes contact and then the quality of the contact when he does make it. And so he went from a, a 29 grade in the show last year, uh, the year before, to a 43 grade this year, which wow. is a really big bat-to-ball yeah. jump for guys. And he also did that while adding two miles an hour bat speed on top of it. Wow. So it's pretty impressive. That just like shows, as you know, Taylor's the man. And so he came in here, worked hard yeah. all the time, was always getting after it, had the best attitude about it all yeah. the time, nicest guy in the world. He's um, someone that we talked about before. He's someone you can just be flat out honest with. He'd yep. be fine, take it on. and Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. And he was, he was a great example too of like a better uh, like pregame routine and stuff. So yeah. like from the off season, he had certain drills that like made him feel really good, kept him yeah. in a good spot. So he would do those each day, but then he would like tweak or adjust them based off that night's starter too. Um, yeah. And so like a great example was whenever he was facing Verlander, uh, like who's gonna be like a really high spin, high velo guy, top of zone, yeah. but with like nasty off speed too. But he also only throws like certain pitches at like a small percentage, and when he does. They're only strikes a certain amount of time, so we just like eliminate those pitches. And he got like a lot of pregame work of like hitting balls hard, like a top of zone, at, like a lower ball flight, to like gotcha. help him like work on that. And then like that night, he took him deep. So, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, that's so good. All right, uh, we need to go check out this motion capture lab for everyone who's watching, just so they can see it. And it's quiet, right? There's no, no one in there. I don't want to. I don't want to be a pest, by the way. Everyone get. Yeah, working? I don't think anyone's mocapping right now. <laughs> Sounds like the music, no, no, music's going though. Yeah. So. All right. No yeah. worries. Let's do it. Awesome. So. Man, look at this, dude. Unreal. Yeah. I love coming back here. It's so good. Yeah. All right. So the talk. What are these? Talk us through these cameras. Yeah. So all these cameras up on this frame here are, are like motion capture cameras. I believe there's 17 for hitting and 17 for pitching. Yeah. And so that's what's picking up all the markers that are on the body, the 47 markers that are telling us everything the guy's body and their yeah. bat is doing during the swing. Gotcha. Um, so these are like really high speed um, cameras as well that are like the edgertronics that are paired with them. Mm -hmm. So we'll get video from like four different angles on hitters yep. that are all synced together that like we can pair with like the mocap data as well. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah you, you see these a lot, right? Pitching, hitting. I mean, you see these in bullpens in the big leagues. Yeah, definitely. Really common. So, and this is something like for, you know, pitching for pitch design, 
Is it is it the Edgetronic cameras that's picking yes, it up? Yes. Yeah, they usually put those like behind like where release would be, mm -hmm. so they can yeah. see like how like their grip is and like gotcha. how it's coming out of the hand and like change pitches based off of it. And stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you got the hit, the hit tracks. Yeah. So we'll have a hit tracks running. It'll show up. Uh, on the TV screen over there. So like as soon as they hit it, it gives like a realistic um, result of like where it would go on the field. Right. So it's great feedback for the hitter based off, like instead of just kind of guessing what happened in the yeah, cage. Yeah. Uh, they can like see it right there on the screen. Then we'll have a sensor on their bat too for blast. Then we also have force plates in the uh, batter's boxes. Wow. Yeah, so we can measure how they're interacting with the ground, you know, how much force they're putting into the ground, how much is coming back up through their body. Kind of like yeah, it's yeah. like they're in their heels or their toes, like kind of like where all that like force and like how they're interacting with the ground. So. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. These cameras up here, the ones that pick up the the, the sensors, right? Yeah. What, what are they What are they worth? Cost wise? Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't even know what each one is is worth. I had to ask someone on R and D, but I know like putting the lab together is like well over six figures. See, this is yeah. what's amazing about this this thing is like, and, and this is what, this is what, it's hard to really be digestible, using that word from earlier, yeah. to put into like a TV broadcast. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at this, I mean, this is only really, um, you can only access this if you're like the highest level, bunch of money or like just a elite athlete at some lab. Yeah. But now you've got like, you know, like we watch like, you know, from, you know, Jimmy Nadai or Travis Bazana, Taylor Trammell can come in multiple times. Yep. And it's it's so much more accessible now, you know, being here. That's that's the cool thing about it, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're like we're trying to get it to where like we can help this level of insights with as many players as we can. Right. And so like a lot of the stuff we're learning from our lab biomechanically, like a lot of that information like applies for most hitters, you know. So like when we were releasing a hitting book in January, HTKC hitting, and a lot of those insights are gonna be all covered like in a biomech section. So we'll cover a ton of different hitting topics about training hitters, uh, and one of those sections will be a lot of what we've learned mechanically in the lab. Right, so I wanted to just step in here real quick. So yeah. these, the, the force plates, so I'm standing here, right? Boom, yeah. I come up, whack. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you should have seen my swing. I should have put my <laughs> swing up on that board, yeah. actually. <laughs> but th this is super important. This is ground force, right? Yep, exactly. So once I get that foot in, basically that's kind of like my brakes, mm -hmm. right? That's that's what this is measuring. How that's much force? That's one of the things. Yeah. So right. we can measure like basically each each foot too, or each like leg. So we can see how they're interacting the ground with their back leg, and then also with their front leg too, right. separately. So we'll have like. They'll basically stride and have one foot on each plate during yeah. the captures. Uh, and so like we can see like whether there's an issue with the back side or the front side uh, and like see how they're doing overall. And it's one of those like many things that we collect. And if there's like, if it's really good, there's not an issue, we'll probably just never bring it up with the hitter. Gotcha, you know? okay. Yeah. Usually though, do you find deficiencies in ground force or is it usually for most hitters, even from a, yeah, from a, obviously high school level is different, mm -hmm. but from a major league level, do you ever see something where like, yeah, if they do have that little short stride, you're like, man, you're not generating any kind of ground force? Yeah, there's a lot of guys that like, you know, they'll come in and they'll know like an issue like with their upper half or something. It's usually yeah. like, that's what is making contact with the ball. So like, it's easy to, to like make that the symptom and try to target it, but a yeah. lot of this stuff can actually start all the way back like to where the swing started from the ground up. Like, there might be an issue with how they're interacting with the ground that causes issues later in the swing. Right. So we'll target that first and clean that up and a lot of times it naturally cleans up stuff that's happening later in the swing. Yeah, we talked about during the, when we were sitting down doing the podcast, which you can listen on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's one thing when you're trying to break this down and give like an explanation what you guys do in like 20 seconds on, on yeah. you know, whether it be a broadcast or whatever, and it's hard because you, know, you talked about this earlier, you, you want to be able to not you know, simplify everything because mm -hmm. it goes into so much depth. Yeah. But it's hard to really simplify everything you guys do, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, like, I think that's what makes it so tough for like teams uh, and other organizations to do. It's like, first you got to like pay for the tech and then you have to like build a structure to use the tech and then you have to like learn the tech well enough to like 
get good data and collect yep. it. Yep. And then like once you collect it, then you have to get your coaches up to speed on like what it all means. And then Make from there, coachable. and then from yeah. there, they have to learn how to coach off of it and yeah. stuff. So it's just like, it has to be, it has to be coachable, like it has to be, put in like a simple level to make changes because otherwise it's like why collect anything if you can't use it accurately yeah, yeah, you know for sure yeah that's the that's the difference man like i said the coachable side of things yeah. man you, you can get all this data you want but yeah having something like this you know i might build one of these in my in my in my garage actually i'm gonna get some space i'll come so you, over so yeah. yeah so what <laughs> you reckon what 500 bucks for these cameras yeah give it a take yeah <laughs> awesome andrew awesome man appreciate yeah, it buddy. that was Thank unreal you. awesome Andrew, I appreciate it, man. This has been a blast. I, I, I love it down here. Like I said, I came here in, uh, I think it was, what, May? First time I met you down mm -hmm. here, and I was blown away. So I'm looking forward to spending more time here, man. I appreciate Definitely. it. I think Thank, we might have to do a round two. I feel like we'll be talking all day. I know. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, anytime you want to come back on and give us updates, for sure. Definitely. Especially on, on Tramel or even Travel, Arenado, whoever. But yeah. uh, all the guys who want to keep it secret, we'll keep them out of it. But it's been fun, man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank awesome. you. Cheers, man. Thanks.